0: This time on episode 383 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We're going to be discussing the penultimate Loki episode, season one, episode five, Journey into Mystery, as well as some weekly Marvel news. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. A part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other
1: astonishingly geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com.
2: You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a S.H.I.E.L.D. debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director.
0: Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm producer of the show, Director S.P.
1: And I'm consultant Jason.
0: Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Thursday, July 8th, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast void-wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Jason, happy National Freezer
1: Pop Day. Oh, and I'm out of Freezer Pops. I'm sad now.
0: I can't remember the last time I had them in the house, but I do remember the last time I had them in the house. They were in the house for so many years, I actually had to throw them away because nobody was
1: eating them. Which ones do you like? Do you like the ones on the stick or do you like ones in the package that you have to push up?
0: Oh, yeah. Of course, the ones in the package that are probably totally bad for the environment because, you know, basically all that plastic and stuff. Right. 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 And you can never get a package with all of the flavors that you want. You get one with all of the flavors, the ones that you want and the ones that you don't want. And then you eat the ones that you want and the ones you don't want stick around for years, like I just said.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't remember the ones that I absolutely hated. I think, uh, yeah, I don't remember. I think it largely depended on the brand.
0: Right. Because some brands, the blue one could be good and some brands, the blue one could be bad. So who knows? Anyway, they've been around for about 60 years. And I just want to say that this National Freezer Pop Day just became a national day with the National Day calendar last year in 2020. And it was inserted by the Jetty Cert Company. And I think I might be mistaken here. We're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. I've been using the nationaldaycalendar.com for all these national days. And recently, over the past year or so, I've noticed a lot of brand new days or days that don't have history of them in there. And I'm thinking some of these companies are slipping national day calendar, some cash under the table to create these
1: <laughs> days out of nothing. I wouldn't doubt it. It sounds like something they would do.
0: So we'll see how many more national days are created in the next year. In the meantime, let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan base podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes. And if you'd like to talk to us about anything Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes related, including Loki, which we're discussing today, you can catch us on our website, LegendsofS.H.I.E.L.D.com. We have a voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. And it's 844-843-2871. You can leave us a lengthy voicemail there. Our Facebook page, which the ladies monitor, is Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We have a Twitter account, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We have a YouTube channel, at youtube.com slash geek. You can leave us a comment on a video over there. And you can tell your Amazon device to enable the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill and listen to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast there. And if you want to talk to us pretty much in real time, you can join our discord server at com slash discord. Jason, you've been on the show before, but I just want to say, first of all, thank you for coming on on very short notice to augment me today and to save our listener from a solo show. So thank you very much.
1: Hey, not a problem. Anytime.
0: And Jason, for our fans, would you want to say where you're from and what you do?
1: Yeah. So I'm from the, uh, Creative Brain Candy Cooperative, creativebraincandy.com if you want to go check out the shows over there. I also host a show called Smoking and Drinking in Space. It's a sci-fi show from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And I'm also on the show that's uh, hosted by one of my saddest co-hosts called Smoking and Drinking in Capes, where we talk about superhero movies and kind of fumble our way through that, too.
0: And to pull back the curtain a little bit there, a little bit further, I was a guest on Smoking and Drinking in Capes. We recorded last night episode three and four of Loki. So for everybody on this podcast that didn't get to hear me talk about episode four, I do talk about episode four over there. It's going to be episode 11 When it comes out, just a couple of days after this goes out, this episode is published. So you can hear all about my thoughts on episode four over there. So I want to say thank you very much to the Smoking and Drinking in Capes crew for having me on last night. Now, the reason why I was about to go solo and Jason stepped in is because both Agent Lauren and Agent Michelle could not be here at the last minute with us tonight. They both really want to be here tonight and with the finale next week so just stay tuned they haven't gone anywhere they will be back and uh today you just get to listen to a better guy than me you get to listen to jason
1: oh i thought you were having somebody else on
0: yeah hey well i I wanted somebody else but i couldn't get anybody else so you were the only one here and throw that right back at you but no thank you very much for coming on and the lady should be back next week in the meantime we have a fantastic episode of Loki to cover, which we'll be getting to right now. Loki season one, episode five, journey into mystery premiered on Disney plus July 7th, 2021. That was yesterday as we're recording on July 8th. It was directed by Kate Hernan. You've heard us talk about her for the last four episodes. She has a total of 15 directing credits starting in 2010 including five episodes of the Idris Takeover, five episodes of Five by Five, one episode of Summer Comedy Shorts, one episode of Halloween Comedy Shorts, four episodes of Sex Education, one episode of Daybreak and all six episodes of Loki. So if this was a theater production, if this was a full length movie or two, because it's about that long, she would have been the director for both. This episode was also written by Tom Kaufman, who has 27 writing credits starting in 2006, including six episodes of Making Mistakes, six episodes of New York Stories, six episodes of a favorite from Jason that I know, Rick and Morty, and one episode of Low Key. And the showrunner of this whole season was Michael Waldron. So, Jason. I know you probably can't pick out the six episodes of Rick and Morty that Tom wrote, but you are a fan of Rick and Morty.
1: Oh, huge fan. Yeah. And I just recently picked it up. I think uh, last year during the pandemic, whenever I had a bunch of time to watch shows, I hadn't watched it before then. And I, I'm I'm sad that I didn't.
0: Yeah, I have haven't had time. I'm looking forward to having time on the treadmill really soon to watch it. It's on my list of things to watch. But I haven't picked it up yet. And I just hear so many people talk about it. I got to get back into it. And that's a great thing about streaming these days. It's a detriment and a great thing that if you miss something, it's not like back in the day with like cheers or the early seasons of friends before VCRs. And I know that's not true, but uh, happy days. There's a good one. Happy days. If yeah. you miss an episode of happy days, you couldn't see it again until it came back in a rerun or syndication or something like that. And, All these series now you can go back like uh, Lower Decks. Have you seen Lower Decks?
1: No, (laughs) I've other than Picard, I've kind of sworn off Star Trek shows. I just I've been disappointed in every one that they've put out since the next generation.
0: I guarantee if you can dumb down your Star Trekness to like a kid level, it's Lower Decks. is just fantastic. It's fun. But that's an example of something that you could go back and watch if you wanted to. Anyway, Rick and Morty is there and Tom Kaufman wrote six of the episodes and also this episode. All right, let's just start off season one, which we don't know if there's going to be a season two or not. Episode five, the journey into mystery. What are your initial thoughts on it, Jason?
1: We're starting to come to the end. I know there's only six episodes, and they're trying to cram a lot of stuff, a lot of action. They're trying to wrap things up. And this episode had a lot of reveals in it. But again, it posed as many questions as it answered, it seems. So, I mean, I've got theories that are still kind of holding up. I had some theories that were totally blown away when this episode dropped. It's definitely still caught my interest.
0: I've been having a lot of fun watching this whole thing and just letting myself go and, and just getting into it. Totally different from WandaVision. I've been searching for all the Easter eggs or anything like that, although I could if I wanted to. There's plenty of material out there for it, but I've just been enjoying the ride and there hasn't been too many references in there. There's references galore in there. and We'll talk about a couple tonight. But there isn't too much to the point where we get overloaded with references and stuff that possibly doesn't come to fruition. Never was. It was just thrown in there like in WandaVision just to say, hey, look, this is a nod to the fans uh, for this particular item. And I don't think we have that. I think everything has been relevant or at least just an interesting tidbit of fun, like the D.B. Cooper thing that we had in the first episode. We had another one tonight. Did you catch it?
1: I don't think so, no.
0: Okay, so the destroyer that was dropped in front of Aelith in the void. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Was the USS Eldridge. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. So the USS Eldridge was the Philadelphia experiment.
1: Oh, okay. That's a nice drop. Yeah, I, di- I didn't. I meant to look that up because I, I figured that had some significance whenever they dropped the battleship and they had it right in the screen, the USS Eldridge. I just didn't follow up on that. And I certainly didn't put two and two together that it was possibly the Philadelphia experiment. So that's actually a cool little tidbit.
0: And for those that might not know what the Philadelphia experiment is, it was in myth, in lore, it was the USS Navy trying to screw around with time travel, basically. In reality, what they were trying to do is become a little bit more stealthy by electrolyzing the hull, but it went badly. They overdid it and it just was a failed experiment, but it it's just had so much myth to it ever since then. So it was dropped there, and I guess everything that doesn't go as planned gets dropped in this void, which include whole cities. Yeah. At first, I was like, wow. So if this is the end of time, and this is supposed to be Earth, there was a city there with this bus stop. And I was a big avid fan of this history channel show called Life After People. Have you heard of it? No. So Life After People explored what happened if people just disappear, just overnight. People are gone. What happens to everything? Power can still keep going on for a few days afterwards, but eventually the electrical grid collapses because it needs active management and stuff like that. And then cities basically collapse. So 15,000, if people leave and just vacate the planet or, you know, somehow die off in, in an apocalypse or something like that, cities get overgrown within 15,000 years. They're gone. Yeah. So if you're talking about the end of time, then if the earth even survives, which I don't think it will because the sun's going to go supernova and it's going to consume the earth or at least fry the, Earth's surface, so nothing's really going to remain, but even if the Earth did remain at the end of time, you wouldn't have cities left over because people would have been gone for longer than fifteen thousand years. so anyway, uh it was this void that we go into with Loki, and I thought that was a very interesting thing, so it's like its own apocalypse because Sylvie's been hiding in these apocalypses because there can't be anything that changes the sacred timeline. Well, they're at the end of time, and time is still being written at that point, so they can't change anything out there. So that's why all this stuff gets dumped in there. Uh, Matter cannot be created or destroyed. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just gets transferred to the end of time.
1: Well, and then they have the cloud dog that eats it all. Although, I'm not sure it's actually eating. It looks like more it's increasing its entropy.
0: Right. So interesting fact, I learned this today uh, listening to the curiosity podcast. There is a device that we all use to try to keep order in our lives, and it's called a clock. Mm-hmm. And because a clock has to expend energy to keep track of time, it actually increases entropy which increases disorder in the universe. So this thing that's supposed to create order for us is actually destroying order in the process. Nice,
1: That's awesome.
0: The void is great because everything that is pruned ends up there, which includes all the Loki variants. So we get all of the Loki variants, at least that they want to show us and that have survived past the first few minutes. What did you think about all the Loki variants?
1: I thought it was an interesting motley crew of Loki variants. The one that I hated the most was the classic Loki, although he turned out to be one of my favorite characters in this episode. So it was an interesting portrayal of all of the different types of Lokis.
0: Yeah, I have for Michelle's sake, Agent Michelle's sake, I have to put a nod to alligator Loki. Because she's been saying Loki has been a horse, Loki's been a unicorn, Loki's been all these things. We didn't get a horse version, but we had an alligator version, which was great because the alligator version bit the hand off of the President Loki variant. (laughs) And now President Loki is basically Captain Hook.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I just thought that was great. President Loki was good. And all of these Lokis are betraying each other.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's what you would expect from a Loki, right? And it actually, it's a nice juxtaposition to the main Loki in the series because he's looking at all these Lokis betraying one another in such disgust. It really shows the growth of the character throughout the series so far.
0: I think that's the big thing here is the growth of Loki, because I've been saying it all along. This is the Loki version that's come out of Avengers. It's not the end game or the infinity war version of Loki. And this Loki has not gone through all those progressions to the point or all the character growth to the point where he becomes a friend basically of his brother and can be trusted and can do the right thing. And he is learning all of that. He is learning that he is. Capable, I guess, of trusting somebody else through Sylvie, they can trust each other back and forth. So that is important. As is, it's important that he figures out. And I don't know if you caught this or not, but he figures out how he can survive Endgame. Did you catch that?
1: I didn't. No, you're. I. I really need to rewatch this episode.
0: So he was really curious about the old Loki, the classic Loki, on how he survived because all the Lokis were supposed to die
1: right, by Thor, right.
0: or not Thor, Thanos. Thanos, yeah. By Thanos breaking his neck. So he's like, he was curious, how did you get to be so old? And he said, I had a very good facsimile of myself, basically. Yeah. And I did not use the dagger. I. Made him think he was breaking my neck and I floated away with the trash, just like the Millennium Falcon in Empire Strikes Back. And he found his way to a planet and he stayed there. And the only reason the TVA came to get him is as soon as he tried to get off the planet, which would have solidified his Nexus event because he's not supposed to be alive, they came to get him. But this gives Loki the idea, at least in the back of his head, how he can survive. Thanos.
1: So that asks that brings up the question when do you think this Loki will go back or do you think this Loki will go back and was the Loki in endgame possibly this Loki that had already gone through all of this? I mean with the timeline and and time travel, I mean it's possible that this Loki figured out how to survive Thanos and what we saw in endgame was actually this Loki but he ended up surviving because of the experience that he got from classic Loki.
0: I think the only way that Tom Hiddleston stays within the MCU is he goes back with this knowledge, this little bit of knowledge, and then he survives. The other thing that I was thinking of, and this couldn't be true, can be true. I don't know. Is that Sylvie survives and that Sylvie is the one who rescues him from the ship. Cause you know, he's floating on in space. So somebody has got a, If he follows the plan, somebody has got to come in and save him. So Sylvie could come in and save him and uh, bring him back into civilization. So this could all be very possible of inserting both Sylvie and Loki back into the MCU. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it's certainly possible at this point.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they tie this into not only the past movies, but. What they're doing with the future of phase four and especially the Doctor Strange movie that's coming out soon.
0: So, one other thing before I leave the Lokis, I really enjoyed the, we'll just call it the Battle of the Lokis. And the reason why I really enjoyed it, did you catch the setting that they were in?
1: It looked like a bowling alley
0: almost. So, the Battle of the Lokis happens in a bowling alley.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a trashed out bowling alley. It was really hard to recognize, but I think it was the diamond-shaped marquee letters that tipped me off to that was an old bowling alley.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. The final thing I guess I will say is when they were panning from the entrance on the top of the mound that the bowling alley
1: was in yeah, down below. I caught that one. Did
0: you caught the little Loki that was stuck there?
1: No, that was Thor. Oh, that was Thor? That was Thor. They showed Mjolnir and then they showed the jar that Thor was in, and he was trying to get to Mjolnir.
0: Okay. <laughs> that was fun. Well, I guess we got a small Thor there as well. Okay. We'll come back to Loki, but right now I want to transition to Ravona. Ravona Renslayer. She was pretty shifty in this episode. And if you didn't think she was shifty before, she is pretty shifty in here. She plays Sylvie quite a bit. And Miss Minutes helps her to the point of trying to recapture Sylvie basically at the end. And, and it really solidifies the fact that Ravona is not interested in going after whoever has uh, set this all up. Matter of fact, I think if anything, she's trying to rescue that person or get back to that person. Like if it is Kang, she is trying to get back to him. And it's like, oh, this is a way that I can get to him. So she is playing all that. And the reason why I say that is at the very end after she interrogates B20, she asks Miss Minutes to get all the files from the creation of the TVA, and she smirks. Did you see the smirk? hmm And that tells me that she's just been playing this whole time of playing her own game.
1: Yeah, so Ravona is the one that I've been going back and forth on the most in this series. I definitely think she's got more insider knowledge than she leads on. And I'm pretty sure that she knew that the timekeepers were animatronic. But I'm going back and forth on whether, well, I was going back and forth on whether she was the one, she was the puppet master that was pulling the strings or if she was trying to find out who the puppet master was. And now I'm back to she's trying to find out the puppet master. Although I think she may know who the puppet master is. And I think you may be right. She may be trying to get to them for whatever reason.
0: And in the process of getting Sylvie or trying to recapture Sylvie, Sylvie self-prunes. She just realizes there's nothing more than she can do here. She's not going to be able to work with Ravona. Let's go find Loki and let's work together to solve this whole thing. And she needs to be in the void anyway, because Sylvie does divulge where Loki is basically or anything that prune where that is. And so she self-prunes, she knows that she's not going to die or anything. So she goes there and she immediately hooks up with our pal Mobius, who does not have a jet ski, but has this weird pizza delivery car. that's just going through the fields of the void.
1: Yeah, I loved that car. That little station wagon with the giant pizza slice on the top was awesome.
0: It reminded me a little bit of a cross between the car that the Weasleys had in Harry Potter. Do you remember that? The flying car?
1: I haven't seen Harry Potter, so no.
0: I have no idea what brand or, or model or year or whatever the car is, but it reminded me of that. And it also reminded me, because of the pizza delivery thing on top, it reminded me of the Toy Story delivery truck.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Very familiar. So it was very
0: fitting of Mobius, basically. Yes.
1: Yeah. Now, it, <laughs> Mobius is one of those characters that I think it fits. Owen Wilson really well because Owen Wilson's one of those actors who just does Owen Wilson in pretty much every role he is he's in but the character fits Owen Wilson very well so i think it's it's a fun character it's interesting to watch this character's development from this kind of laid back but ultimately all business tva agent to kind of softening up on loki
0: and he knows how to party too he's a he's a good bureaucrat he knows how to go postal he's gonna burn the tva to the ground
1: <laughs> right yeah
0: <laughs> that's, that's awesome what he says that. i'm like Woo-hoo! if you've ever <laughs> dealt with anybody that's worked for the government before you know at some point in time they want to do this they might not <laughs> say it they might not ever well, hopefully they don't ever act on it. But anybody that works in a government bureaucracy would be like, "Yep, I want to burn it to the ground." Well, he gets to do it, or at least to start. And he thanks Loki for the spark, and he says that Sylvie was his favorite one.
1: Yes, yes, that was that was kind of cool. Whenever he was giving Loki a hug, he said, "No, nah, you're you're my favorite, Sylvie."
0: So we find this big cloud dog that's Ailith, as it's known. I don't have comic background to know if Ailith is in the comics or not. I know. Michelle and Lauren probably do, but in this version, Aeolith is this big cloud entity that is just using the energy from everything that is dropped in the void to protect whatever's at the center. And it looked to me, and I don't know if it is or not, but it looked to me like the mansion that you see in a lot of the Avengers movies that the Hydro works out of. And I don't know if it is or not, but it, what's what looked to me, and whoever is behind this is going to be in that mansion. And it'll be interesting to see what Sylvie and Loki find. And to get there, they have to work together. And I think that's a Nexus event. So, two things you got this Aeolith, who I don't know what it is, and you've got Loki and Sylvie working together.
1: Yeah, I think this whole sacred timeline is just about to fall apart. I don't think the TVA is going to be able to keep the sacred timeline pure anymore. I mean, it was kind of. It was kind of a bad thing what they were doing anyway, destroying entire branches off of the sacred timelines, basically mass murder on a historic scale, literally a historic scale. And I'm very interested to see who's in the castle. I'm not familiar with the Thor comics all that much. About the only exposure that I got to any of the titles was when they would did massive crossovers once or twice a year. And I had to pick up those books to get the entire story. So I'm not very familiar. I don't remember Aeoleth ever showing up in any comics that I've read. So I couldn't tell you. And I have no clue who this bad guy or who the puppeteer is in the, in the castle that they're about to invade. So it's all new to me. And and I'm kind of excited about that.
0: A lot of people are speculating, King. And then Michelle has in the show notes, and I just got to throw this out there, that Part of me hopes that the Void is connected to the Grandmaster's planet, Sakaar. Not likely, but it would be awesome to have a Jeff Goldblum cameo.
1: Yeah, I would love a Jeff Goldblum cameo.
0: Yeah. For those listeners that don't know, uh, Jeff Goldblum is a man crush that Jason has. Yes. Where's your pillow? You have the pillow right there,
1: don't you? No, the pillow's not in this room.
0: Okay. He has a Jeff Goldblum
1: pillow. I have a couple of Jeff Goldblum pillows <laughs> that I got for Christmas last year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So one thing that I want to say, and I uh, incorrectly identified B15 before I said B20, but it's B15. Let's move on to C20 because every variant that is pruned ends up in the void. C20 was pruned and ended up in the void. There's a very real possibility that C20 is in the void somewhere, and it could be in that castle, so we could see C20 again.
1: Uh, she would have had to have gotten through Eolith, though, right. Right, But if the Lokis
0: helped her, or if whoever's in the castle wanted a companion, no, well, maybe. yeah, you never know. So it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible.: It's possible. Okay, a couple of things that Michelle had in their notes. Loki had no idea how long ago New York was, so I guess that's important that this could be slided anywhere in the timeline. That Oh, one of the things that she mentioned that I'd been talking about before was the Loki and Sylvie relationship. There is a very touching scene in this episode with the two of them, a couple of touching scenes, really, but the one I'm talking about is when they're on the hillside and Loki conjures up a blanket we'll just call it a tablecloth because it looks like a tablecloth conjures up a tablecloth across him and then gives the tablecloth to Sylvie and I know the producers have come out and said that they did not want a romantic relationship here but all signs (laughs) are I mean (laughs) like I get what you're trying to do but it looks like these two are getting together romantically which has all sorts of connotations because they're the same person
1: yeah yeah I mean we make we're making a ton of jokes over on Satic about this whole situation that started in what episode four and has continued on in episode five. It's uh, <laughs> it's rife material for comedy.
0: I'm really shocked that Disney let this one through. I guess that they went to Disney with these the script and with these episodes and the censors or the checkers or whatever. Like, yeah, okay, we get what you're trying to do, but. Oh my gosh, this is, I mean, straight out of a high school rom com or something like that, where you got two people that are just, there's something in between them, but they're getting so close. And I hope, I really do hope that they, in the final episode, that they explain that their relationship is just true friendship between two people that are basically identical twins. And I just hope that that's where they're going because. If not, it's going to be a lot of jokes for a lot of years on this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, they'd be fraternal twins, right? Because Sylvie's a female and, and Loki's a male.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, even fraternal twins, we're, we're getting to the whole Skywalker situation here.
0: <laughs> Made a joke about that on on your show. Yes, you did. How about the Skywalker uh, twins there. That was a nice catch. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? in this specific episode or the series to date?
1: I mean, nothing in specific. Uh, This is probably my second favorite series that Disney plus has put out or Marvel has put out on Disney plus one division is still my favorite, but this one I think is, is better than Falcon and the winter soldier. I think probably because I like the material that they've covered more. I think it's going to tie into a lot of the phase four, possibly the phase five stuff that they're putting out. And I, it's, I think they're setting up a really interesting foundation for what's going to happen.
0: I'll put it like this, because I'm not going to rate the series in order like everybody is doing, because I've enjoyed all three of the series date. I'll put it like this. I will rate these series above everything that the CW has done within the Arrowverse. It's just a level up. There's no yeah. competition between it. These are more well-done series. Now, they've been shorter. Granted, yeah, and they've been one season, they haven't been eight seasons like Arrow and Flash, but they're good and they're part of the MCU. And I think that's what's lacking in a lot of the other things.
1: But are shorter seasons a bad thing?
0: I don't think so. You know, the Doctor Who's been flirting with this and the BBC as a whole has been flirting with this for years. I think it's a better production value. You can get more into the story without any filler episodes. You don't get long drawn out arcs that might not go anywhere or get wrapped up in the mid season finale. And then you start something completely new again when they, the series starts back up in late January, early February or something like that. I think that the shorter series that are sporadic that are not starting in the traditional TV season, which starts in like August or September and goes through May every year. I think we're in an era with streaming that this is just, a lot more possible, and it's going to give us more value as consumers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think they value my time a lot more when they do these smaller, tighter story arcs and shorter seasons. I don't have to commit as much time, and like you said, in a lot of these longer season shows, there's fillers, there's bottle episodes that basically take the, uh, the, the plot nowhere and barely do any kind of like character development. So I prefer these, these shorter, tighter seasons.
0: You know, I'm listening to a podcast right now called the Delta flyers. And it's a couple of the actors that were in star Trek Voyager and Robert Duncan, mini McNeil and Garrett Wong, which played Ensign Kim and uh Lieutenant Paris, Tom Paris. And They are doing a phenomenal job because they're both adept at the industry of television making. I mean, Robert Duncan McNeil is executive producer, basically showrunner on a few shows out there now. So he's transitioned from the acting to the production side. And I'm listening to these guys talk about Star Trek Voyager, which is in the heyday of the 23 to 26 episode per year seasons. They had the show that ran seven seasons. So it was in the heyday of that. And they are talking about some episodes that they're like, it's not connected to anything. It was a less cost episode because they blew their production budget on the special effects on the previous episode or two. And you're not getting that. You're getting slower episodes. This had a lot of slower parts to it, as did episode three. It wasn't wall to wall action, but there was a lot of character development that occurred that is. Part of the overall story, which in Loki you get. And in Star Trek Voyager, you got just because you got seven seasons of 23 plus episodes, you're getting all that in six episodes here. So I I definitely think it's a better version of filmmaking. It just makes me want more. And I guess that's good for wanting more rather than saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this has gone too far. And I say this over and over again, how I met your mother is the pinnacle of that. It was a great show, but it went on like five or six years too long to give the ending that they did. And then the producers totally missed the ending. The producers and writers totally missed the ending because that's what they thought they were stuck with. They didn't have to end that way, but they did. And it just ruined the series for me. I never want to go back and rewatch it because the ending was so horrible. And it was because the series was so long and you just don't get that with these streaming series. Anyway, so next week, we'll be talking here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. about Loki Season 1, Episode 6. I feel compelled, I was going to talk about this later, but I feel compelled to tell our audience that we know that Black Widow is going to be premiering tomorrow as we record this. We are not going to be covering Black Widow on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. until the week after we cover the finale of Loki. So we will be covering Black Widow on Legends of Shield, but it'll be in two weeks. it won't be next week and I think you're kind of doing some of the same things over on Satic right
1: yeah we've um we're covering Loki now and we're watching Black Widow I think our black widow coverage comes out probably the same weekend as yours,
0: yeah, I think a lot of people are doing that so and then there's more to be had, but we'll talk about that in the news so are you ready to talk with news or you got any last hits?
1: So, what theories do you have currently? We briefly discussed this on SATIC. And, uh, well,
0: I love your theory. I don't think we've talked about this in this show. So, I'm glad you brought it up. I love your theory that the TVA is in the quantum realm. It would explain why the infinity stones don't work. It would explain why time doesn't matter in the quantum realm. And it would explain it, why they're able to go in and out so easily. And it would, I mentioned this over on the static episode. It would have been great to have these temp pads within end game because then yeah. you, you wouldn't have had all the, uh, time travel through the quantum realm issues that they have, but you know, you got to start right. somewhere. You don't get F 22 fighter jets immediately after you create the right flyer. I mean, there's right. like, a, there's a hundred years <laughs> in there. Right. And even though you have Tony Stark or you had Tony Stark at one point, you just don't get that. So. I think that the person behind everything is going to be linked to phase four of the MCU, whoever it is. I think that we're going to see who that is next episode. I think you're going to get Sylvie and Loki that break away. I think we're going to get Mobius on a jet ski before the whole thing is over. I mean,
1: (laughs) yeah, I would love to see Mobius on a jet ski.
0: I just can't wait. I mean, I actually want to buy a jet ski for me personally because I have a place to use it, but I'm not really a fan of them. I just want to try one, basically, and, and I got a place to use it, so why not buy one? And I think that Ravona is going to end up in the MCU with whoever is behind the wall of the cloud dog. She's just too much of a comic book character for her to die in this whole thing.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see where they're going to take the TVA, if the TVA will exist after this series or in what form it's going to exist in the series. I do think the TVA is in the Quantum Realm. I haven't seen anything that kind of busts that theory. I'm not sure that they're actually going to reveal where the TVA is yet. They may keep that kind of mysterious even after the series. Who knows? We'll see. I'm interested to see because I've got a feeling that Phase 4... Well, either Phase Four is going to deal with Secret Invasion, or the overarching next two or three phases is going to end up being Secret Invasion. So I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to tie all that in.
0: Well, we did get Lamentus, and as Michelle pointed out in a couple of episodes ago, Lamentus does have a Cree background to it. So there's a very real possibility that at least Lamentus is tied in to the whole Secret Invasion thing. I don't know about the rest of what's going on, but I do think we've got several different things going on. I think they're laying the groundwork for phase five and possibly phase six, as well as the secret invasion. And I don't know if the secret invasion is going to be phase four or phase five at this point, but I think there's too much groundwork right now with the cameo with fury in space, with the whole captain Marvel thing. And what we saw in WandaVision, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get Secret War in phase four and then move on to other things for phase five and phase six. Right. Well, lots of exciting things to do. This was the penultimate episode of Loki. There is a news item out there that hasn't been confirmed, but there might be a season two of Loki. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen confirmation of that. But in the meantime, next week will be the finale episode, at least of season one of Loki, which we will cover right here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. In the meantime, we have some news to cover, so we'll get to that right now. The first bit of news dropped yesterday as we record, and it was that Marvel Studios, Disney's Marvel Studios, and for that matter, Warner Brothers DC Films, said that we're going to skip San Diego Comic Con at home, which will be running from July 23rd through 25. Now, since Spider-Man is technically not Marvel Studios, we don't know if Spider-Man is going to show up there or not, but Marvel properties, Marvel film properties will not be Revealed at the Comic Con at home. And honestly, Jason, I've been to a Comic Con. It's 10 years ago now. I was at the 2011 Comic Con. It was really fun. I got to see some fun stuff, got to experience some fun stuff. But I think if you want to really highlight your property, you don't want to make the announcements at Comic Con anymore because you just get drowned out with all the other news.
1: Yeah. It's a lot like what game companies did for a while at E3. They started, well, and they may still be doing it. I haven't had my thumb on the pulse of the gaming news in a while. But they started doing their own events and their own shows instead of announcing all their stuff at E3 because there was just a ton of stuff being announced. And yeah, you you would get drowned out by all the other news.
0: So not really a big surprise to me but because it's an at-home event, it's not an in-person event, I was kind of a little shocked that they weren't going to be playing in any level, they weren't going to have a panel like it would be great to have like a WandaVision panel or something like that, but that would lead into hey, what's going on with Phase 4? How are you going to be involved with the Doctor Strange film and that sort of thing. So I I get it, but it would be kind of fun if they could put something together that They could do, I don't know, maybe Tony Stark that we have Robert Downey Jr. there or something like that. All right. So the next thing that dropped literally hours before we recorded and Jason had a chance to watch this right before we recorded is the what if trailer and the premiere date, August 11th. So we'll be talking about that as we wrap up coverage of Loki and Black Widow. So Jason, what'd you think of the trailer?
1: Oh, I loved it. So I was excited about what if whenever Disney did their investor meeting and they showed a like a teaser during that meeting. So from just what they showed on the teaser during the investment and, and the investor meeting got me excited. And now this this more fleshed out teaser is, has really piqued my interest. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to what if. I loved the what if comics. It's just a fun kind of thought project or brain expert thought experiment where you get to kind of mess with the what mess with the variables in the comic world and, and see what happens.
0: I like the animation style and the mm-hmm. animation style reminded me a little bit of like the Titan AE style of animation, but it was yeah. more CGI version than the hand-drawn version, which I think Titan AE was hand-drawn, but this is more computer but it's it's a softer, it's not like a, a Clone Wars or a Bad Batch. It's a kind of in-between animation. And it just exemplifies the fact that this is not going to be MCU canon. This is Thought Experiments is just fun. And it'll be fun to watch because it's got everybody in it. It's got T'Challa in it. It's got Tony Stark in it. it it's going to be fun.
1: It's got T'Challa in it as a Reaver. I'm interested to see how that happened. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. It'll be really fun. The next news story that I want to talk about is not really groundbreaking, but it sets the tone. So She-Hulk will reportedly have the MCU hero break the fourth wall Deadpool style. Now, I don't know if it's just going to be like one thing or it's going to be every episode or whatever, but this is an interesting take on She-Hulk.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to have an easy hand on this because this is very, very Deadpool like. And I don't imagine She Hulk is going to be the satirical show that, that Deadpool is. I mean, Deadpool made fun of everything, including itself. I don't think She Hulk's going to be able to pull off this fourth wall breaking on a consistent basis. Maybe once, okay, we'll let that go, but I, I'm not sure I'm. On board with this,
0: I would really like Jessica Jones to be involved at least as a cameo in this. And I know that's totally different because you got the Netflix Defenders universe, which is not MCU canon, and you've got this, which is MCU canon with Disney Plus. But I would love to see that. And no premiere date has been announced, just like Hawkeye or uh, what's the other uh, series that uh, they're uh, Miss Marvel. So there, there is no premiere dates for anything. We just got the premiere date for What If, and I like how they're dripping this out, and they're not setting expectations for. Yeah, we're going to have She Hulk out there, March twenty twenty two, and then we're like, oh, I want to see it now. So I'm, I'm glad right. they're just spoon feeding us. The last thing that I want to bring out is that this this is just an interesting tidbit that the Loki star, Lady Loki or Sylvie herself, Sophia. De Martino is open to playing Doctor Who. We have a lot of Doctor Who fans that listen to this podcast, and I just want to throw this out there. I could see her as a Doctor Who. Now, with that said, I don't know if the BBC is ready to do another female casting of Doctor Who after Jodie Whittaker leaves, but I could definitely see her as it. As a matter of fact, the first time I saw her, I was like, I know her from somewhere. Was it Doctor Who? But I knew that that there was only one female Doctor Who, and that was Jodie Whittaker, and I knew that wasn't her. So, I don't know. I could see it, and I'm glad she's open to it, but who knows? This is the um, BBC version of casting James Bond, because that's a big deal worldwide, and so the BBC is taking this on with Doctor Who. I don't know. What do you think of Sophia playing Doctor Who?
1: I've only seen a few smatterings of Doctor Who episodes, so I'm not a huge Doctor Who file. But whenever I first saw her, I actually looked her up because I had the same idea as you. Did she play Doctor Who? She's got Doctor Who vibes. And I knew that there was a female Doctor Who currently, but I didn't know who was playing her. So I was wondering if she had jumped from Doctor Who to Loki. Turns out she hasn't. But yeah, she's definitely putting out Doctor Who vibes. I think she could probably pull it off.
0: If you take a look at the production crew and the writer crew behind a lot of the Marvel stuff, specifically a lot of the Netflix stuff, there is a lot of crossover between Doctor Who production staff and Marvel production staff. So I know that there's linkages there, but I don't know if this is going to mean anything or not. But she's throwing it out there. It's just her statement. This isn't the BBC saying, Yeah, what do you think of coming on? This is just her saying, Yeah, I'd do it. And honestly, if I was offered the position of playing Doctor Who, I might do it if I was offered the position of playing a Doctor Who companion. I would not because Doctor Who companions never end up in a good place. They always have something horrible happen to them at the end. So, I ain't doing that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I would I would have probably signed up and said, "Yeah," and then ended up in a horrible place cuz I don't know nothing ne- next to nothing about Doctor Who.
0: It's great exposure, but you get typecasts and everything. Well, I, our very own uh, on the Marvel side of things, we have a Doctor Who companion. That was one of Thanos's daughters. So yeah, there you go. Amy Pond over on Doctor Who. All right, Jason, I think this is the point in the podcast where we figure out how we're going to exit. And I think you and I need to huddle under the tablecloth and get this out.
1: Sounds good. Let's, let's cuddle. Oh, you said huddle. I'm...
0: Uh, we Sorry. could cuddle, uh, cuddle, huddle, whatever, as long as we're together on the, uh, hillside together that works okay a huge thank you to jason for coming in last minute to talk low-key episode five thank you very much you saved our listeners from having to listen to me the entire episode
1: well, you may be getting some uh, feedback saying don't have that guy on anymore, but I appreciate it. Anytime you need me to come on, uh, just let me know. I really enjoy it. It's fun.
0: Yeah, you got a lot going on out there in South Dakota.
1: Oh, tell me about it's it.
0: It's a busy time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, tell me about it.
0: I want to thank our listeners for hanging with us. We really appreciate you continuing to download our podcast as well as get back with us with feedback i've seen a lot of action over on twitter thank you very much for all the back and forth i just didn't have time to include some of that in this episode we definitely will next episode so if you have any final thoughts on loki please get it into us and don't forget we do have that voicemail 844 the bus 1 or 844-843-2871 please give us a call and tell us how you liked the loki series Well, Jason, I think that's it for tonight. Until next time, I'm director of the show, producer SP.
1: And I'm consultant Jason.
0: All right. We'll see everybody next time. Bye.
1: Bye.
2: Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin MacLeod found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of Shield is the property of the Disney Corporation Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
0: Thanks for doing this on short notice.
1: Hey, not a problem. I had to uh, put a brush through my hair.
0: Oh yeah, gotta make yourself look pretty. <laughs> Gosh. You need a scrunchie? I think you need a scrunchie. I might. Did you get that math figured out?
1: Just before I got on here, yeah. Oh, sweet. Congrats. Yeah, I was an idiot. It was something really minor that I was totally overlooking because I haven't done summation crap in, you know, 15 years. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was something really stupid.
0: That's what I headed when I went back to get my first master's degree is I had been out for so long that it took me like nine months to get back into the school thing. And that was even with, they had a special four week session for those of us that had been out of school for quite some time. And just to get back into like differential equations and that sort of stuff, which none of us really used out in the job world. Right. And uh, so I'm I'm just going through this. "Ah!" Yeah, I don't know. It was it was after the first semester that I finally got into it. And I had three semesters to my uh, master's degree that I'd go through. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I remember a lot of the stuff I did all the arithmetic and the algebra, right? I just missed a minor point where the equation that I was evaluating on the summation wasn't keyed off the index Mm. and so i was i was evaluating the the summation based off of as if it were part of the index or keyed off the index that was absolutely wrong it was just i i was making it tons more complicated than it needed to be needed to be
0: but you finally circled back to it so
1: yeah that's cool all right sounds good any questions uh no, how much are you going to hate me if I, whenever I screw this up like I did last time?
0: You didn't screw it up last time. You were great last time. It was fun.
1: Yeah, it was fun.
0: The only unfortunate thing is we're rated clean over on this show versus I know you're not over
1: on your show. Yeah, I can clean it up. Okay. I'm not promising I can class it up, but I can clean it up.
0: <laughs> uh, well, let me say uh, beggars can't be choosers. and. <laughs> Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.